Hey, this is Hunter Henry of the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Hey, we're rolling, we're rolling. We fought all day Stay tuned, man. We got something special for y'all today. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. To the 10, right to the 5, scooting in for the score. Touchdown! Yeah. Yes, welcome in everyone. This is the full 10 yard NFL podcast. Hope you're all keeping safe. Hope you're all keeping well. Hopefully we will get back to normal soon. But NFL podcast here for your listening pleasures today. Should be a slightly shorter one than usual. Not too much going around in the world of the NFL, but we have a couple of friends on alongside me today. You'll know them if you listen to the podcast or read any of our work over at 14 yardscom First off, we welcome our regular NFL, I say host, Mr. Sean Bandale. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good, thank you, mate. Not too bad at all. Cheers, Frank. And alongside us, completing the uh, the magic trio, the three amigos, we have at Lee Wakefield, Mr. College himself. Lee, how are you doing, buddy? Yeah, very good. Very good, thanks. Nice to be on with you guys. Uh, it's been a while, hasn't it? Uh, so more frequently than, than we don't now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it has been a while since you've uh, you've appeared on the pod, but um, yeah, obviously, always always good to get your insight and uh, and your voice on the on the podcast. So um, yeah, today's podcast is all about uh, Dalvin Cook. Uh, probably the only bit of news, really, uh, apart from all the other uh, how should we categorise it? All the other stuff that's going on uh, at the moment. So um, thought we'd just talk, spend fifteen twenty minutes talking about Dalvin Cook and, and the situation he's put himself in and what he's gone and done. To make it break, break, break it down for a couple of people out there that probably don't know the ins and outs of, of what's going on, and going to have a kind of a, a wider talk about the running backs in general because it's something that seems to obviously now become you know as, as consistent as Christmas is. You know, at some point every year, um, probably the same point every year that someone wants to hold out and um, you know, doesn't you know essentially wants more money, and you know, we'll talk a bit a bit more about, about that in a minute. A couple of other bits to news to get through though uh, before we do so. The NFL news, um, NFL discussion, uh, short and pre-season uh, nothing has been finalized yet or you know, you know anything set in stone but I thought it was quite interesting that uh, some teams are kind of wanting to opt towards kind of having a bigger run at, at the regular season and kind of sacrificing a few um, pre-season games I know there's obviously been talk of when we are extending you know kind of regular season games that some of the pre-season games were going to be uh, put to the guillotine block but Sean what, what did you make of uh, kind of just uh, you know, the early murmurs of, of discussing a shortened pre-season to allow teams um, to kind of get up ahead of steam and allow allow them to do what they need to do because obviously we're having a disrupted off-season as it goes at the moment. Yeah I think it makes a lot of sense we talked about this a little bit last week didn't we that you know this is a key time usually for teams to really get into the playbooks and, and really start to implement the systems and the schemes that they want to run. Um, obviously, with everything being virtual at the moment, that's not really getting the opportunity to, to take place, certainly in a live environment. And, you know, pre-season's often criticised anyway, isn't it? Let's be honest. We often criticise pre-season when it's in its normal guise. Um, you know, certainly by the time we get to the fourth pre-season game, everybody's just ready for the season to kick off anyway. Um, so I don't think we're really losing a lot, to be fair. I don't think anybody's going to be losing any sleep over not having a couple of games. It's obviously an issue for the guys at the back end of the roster. That's really what pre-season's about. If we're honest, probably on most teams, you know, probably 40 to 45 players are probably locked in in terms of making the roster, whether that's through the contract that they're on or, or obviously just the reputation of the player themselves. But it's generally those sort of last you know, five to ten roster spots that generally the pre-season sorts out. So it'll obviously be a concern for the guys at that back end in terms of depth. But I think in terms of the overall quality of play that we can expect in the league, I don't think shortening the pre-season is going to have any 
detrimental impact and it makes a lot of sense it reduces unnecessary travel which you know we're still obviously in this pandemic unfortunately aren't we so you know anything that can uh, reduce any unnecessary travel as well will make a, a ton of sense so you know i can certainly see as you say not agreed yet but i can certainly see trending in that direction mate. Yeah, and obviously just to note that uh, some of the virtual off-season, oh, well, the, the NFL has actually extended the uh, the virtual period of, of the off-season uh, going through to the June at 26 now, which is now in place of obviously the uh, the mini camps. Um, yeah, some teams have decided to, to, to carry on, some teams have decided to, to you know, kind of knock it on the head in terms of the virtual stuff. So um, hopefully, you know, come out the next couple of weeks, people and teams will be able to go into facilities and do some some training. But Lee, obviously, it's a big concern in terms of rookie production. Obviously, rookies coming in from the draft uh, that was, was selected back in April. Obviously, they've not had a chance to get on the field yet, get acclimatised to, to you know, playing with guys that are a bit bigger, going to hit a bit harder. How do you how do you feel? Do you feel that the, the rookies might take a bit longer than usual to acclimatise to the NFL due to the, the current conditions? Yeah, definitely. It's going to be just a difficult for any rookie to kind of come in and hit the ground running because, as Sean said, you need those reps and every player needs reps, but no one needs them more than the rookies, especially at the key positions such as quarterback. Um, so for the likes of like Joe Burrow, who will be expected to be the starter in Cincinnati, it could be a bit of a rocky start for him. Uh, familiarity, I think I've said this in the past on previous podcasts, but familiarity in this short or off season is going to be a, a key component of the team preparation. So if you've got a veteran quarterback, such as my Chargers, who have got a rookie quarterback, but if you're going to play a veteran quarterback, for one example, it's going to stand you in good stead. Um, as we've said, the back end of the rosters is going to be affected. But um, for those veteran players, those those guys are going to be really, really key. So if you get an injured veteran and you have to bring in a, a rookie early on in the season, especially, uh, your team might suffer quite a lot. So yeah, I think it's going to be um, something that's going to be detrimental. Those, those teams that haven't had a lot of turnover, and have maybe relied on the veterans more, that they're going to be the teams who are going to be in a bit of a better place than those who are relying on the young guys more frequently. Mm. Yeah, it's probably worth pointing this, uh, mentioning at this point as well. Don't, don't, but if you've got coaches coming out saying something about rookies, say, and they're saying something along the lines of, you know, oh, this guy, this my quarterback knows the playbook inside out, or my guy knows all the schemes, they've picked it up all up very quickly. It's a lot different from seeing it on a bit of paper than to actually do it on the field. So don't don't buy into if you've got like a rookie quarterback or a rookie wide receiver kind of stuff like that. Uh, although, so, <laughs> shout out to uh, Jerry Judy, he had a very nice video showing his uh, his ankle breaking skills. Um, but yeah, if you if you've got coaches coming out saying that they you know, their rookies have done this, that, or the other until until they're on the field and until they're you know there's videos of them practicing don't really don't try, try not to buy into it too much I know it's quite easy to get excited about some some draft people uh, draft classes that maybe some teams have had and worth bearing in mind that you know they're not on the field yet so uh, other bit of news obviously as part of the kind of hashtag black lives matter and uh, kind of all this stuff that's going on in terms of I don't know why we're kind of getting into a cancel culture uh, at the moment, but uh, part of it uh, has touched the NFL. So the Carolina Panthers are removing statue of former owner Jerry Richardson, uh, and I air quote, in the interest of public safety. Now, um, David Tepper, obviously the new owner uh, of the Carolina Panthers, obviously purchased them for just short of $2.3 billion back in a couple of years ago, now May 2018. Uh, apparently he was contractually obliged to, to keep that statue there of Jerry Richardson when uh, the sale went through. Um, but... Yeah, Jerry Hitch, Jerry Richardson's past has not been the uh, the most the most immaculate by any stretch of the imagination, uh, including you know Roger Goodell finding him you know, two and a half, nearly three million uh, a couple of years ago after he found evidence of workplace misconduct. But 
Um, what, what are you guys? We, like I say we talked about a lot of this last week on the, on the pod. We had our kind of two cents on the on the on the movement of George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. Lee, obviously, you weren't a part of that. Do you, is there any? What do, what do you make of kind of what, what's going on? Because obviously, in this country, we're seeing a lot of kind of TV shows now being pulled and cancelled, and um, without trying to make it sound like it's just starting into a one big shouting match and you've got kind of got to pick a side what, what did you what do you make of everything that's kind of going on well I listened to the pod when yourself um and sean and lawrence were on and i was finding myself nodding along to what, a lot of what you said um my general two pence on this is that i think removing things like this and and statues and other i don't know um evidence of people what they've done is it's about redressing the balance um, of history because I think that a lot of the time history is told in a one-sided manner. Um, we've seen it in this country with a lot of things. I'm not going to delve too deeply into it. But the, the recognition is always given, but then it's not given the, the negative side of these people either. So I think the removal is kind of, it's taking that away. And, and if you want to learn about things, there's plenty of resources to learn about these people, you know, such as the internet, or if you want to put these things in a museum, that's fine. But um, you know, for people like this in the NFL or other people that we've seen statues taken away of, if those people have um, done something against you or your people or something like that, it's a reminder of that. Mm. And that, that would be really difficult to kind of go past and have to see every day and to explain to your children as well. And, and I don't know how some people would do that. Obviously, I'm not in a position to have to do that uh, because of my race and background. Uh, but I'd find that difficult to think of how other people would do that and explain how these things are still there in this day and age. Um, so yeah, I think it's just about readdressing the balance. I don't think it's about erasing or, or, or cancelling. I think it's about taking things into account that, and, and both sides into account and, and being educated about these issues and, and not having provocative things in, in the public eye, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously, you know, when you when we get we get we get we're at that stage now where we're forcing our Ant and Deck to apologise. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if if there's the last people on earth that need to apologise for things, it's going to be Ant and Deck. But uh, yeah, that's kind of uh, everyone's obviously got their pitchforks out and they all set fire and everyone's just shouting to 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 bring this down. And yeah, it does does what does worry me that some certain groups of people just look go out looking. And especially if you're on Twitter and you are offended by things, you shouldn't be on Twitter first and foremost. But um, yeah, I do. I do worry the amount of people or groups of people that go out seeking off offence where you know, there's potentially none to be found. But that's not for this podcast. This is it's for um, it's for yeah, maybe Twitter, um, but which is not the uh, not nicest of places at sometimes to be, but uh, tends to be where all the dirty laundry is aired out. But let's move over. Let's move back then to the the brighter stuff uh, of the NFL. And well, I say brighter stuff. Uh, People and, and players holding out is not necessarily a bright stuff, especially if you are a fan of those teams. But the uh, let's say the main topic of this this podcast is all about Dalvin Cook. Obviously, uh, he says that he obviously wants a new contract. He's in the last year. He's in the fourth year of his, of his rookie deal. Obviously, a second round pick in 2017, uh, number 41 overall uh, running back. Obviously, out of Florida State. So, Lee, just a, a quick point on you. Obviously, you are a big college, a big college guy. What was uh, Dalvin Cook like to watch in during his college years? He was fantastic. Yeah, it was it was one of the things that, that was Dalvin Cook had electric pace. He had great vision, great contact balance. He was one of the best running backs that Florida State have seen in quite a while, and one of the best running backs that have come out of college football from a talent standpoint for for quite a while. You know, he, he's holds his own. Um, I've gone to all the rookies that have come out in recent memory um, that we've seen, and had, they've all had great success. And Cook, when he's been on the field, and obviously we'll, we'll talk about the disparity between when he's on the field and when he's not, is is a fantastic running back, and you can see it, it's plain to see. I mean, last year he had a very productive year, um, but he's just simply not been on the field as much as as 
anyone would like really, especially Minnesota fans. But yeah, he was he was a great prospect, and you know the the value that you have there with forty one overall second round, sort of mid second round, is probably about right for a top running back nowadays. You know, we saw it with Jonathan Taylor recently going in a pretty similar vein. And um, yeah, it's just the value of the position, isn't it? I mean, one of these things where if he came out in the mid nineties, he'd probably go top five. Mm. But it's the it's nowadays, isn't it? Versus back then. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Sean, um, you'll you'll have no doubt have uh, the same issue a couple of years down the line with, with Nick Chubb. What do you what do you were you surprised when Dalvin Cook announced that he wasn't intending to to report to camp? And I uh, say we'll get to some other examples as well. But yeah, I, I think generally uh, running backs that hold out now, it's kind of just I, I don't. It's almost as if it's just kind of brushed under the carpet now it's not really because it's so common people don't really think too much about it but from from a player standpoint um you've got to earn your money bags whilst you can haven't you you certainly have and i don't think the issue is that it's common there i just think the issue is it just doesn't work that's the problem. It just doesn't work for them. You know, we'll talk some examples and, you know, the recent ones, you know, Lev Bell, he sat out a year, ended up taking less money than was offered to him originally with the Steelers. Didn't have a great year last year. He's certainly now, you would argue, in a worse situation in terms of the roster that he finds himself on. And he's 12 months older. So mm. none of it worked out. Mm. Melvin Gordon last year sat there and got outperformed by Austin Eckler. Didn't really work out, and unfortunately for these guys, I feel for them absolutely. And, and as you say, you know, pencil Nick Chubb in for this time next year because that's likely to be the next one, mm. all right? Because he's brilliant. I love him. You know, he's, he's arguably my favourite Browns player. All right, really, really good at what he does. There's no denying that he's, he's absolutely excellent. He's a model professional and all the rest of it. But you can guarantee that the Browns won't want to pay him, and. The guys that do get paid, inevitably, there's always that element of regret once they actually have been paid. And Dallas are going to have this in 12 months' time when it comes to, to Zeke. Because, you know, Cooper will, uh, Cooper's now been paid. Prescott is likely to get paid. So the sacrificial lamb, when push comes to shove, is going to be Zeke. That's just the, that's the reality of the situation. Mm. Um, you know, and unfortunately for the guys, you know, and I know we might have a little bit of a debate about, you know, why we think it is or what can be done about it. But as Lee just said there, you know, probably 10, 15 years ago, the position was valued a lot more than it is today. Mm. You know, didn't somebody, the team escapes me, and as soon as I say, you guys will jump in and tell me the team, but who was the team that gave up their whole draft class to get Ricky Williams? That's never going to happen again, is it? All right, <laughs> let's be honest, all right? You know, every year in the in the draft, there's a generational running back. There's always one every every year. I don't know how they're generational because they're annual, but there you go. Um, you know, and, and it will be the same problem, like you stay down the line, you know, for the next one off the shelf. And as Lee said there, I think at times, you know, I think I even wrote about it during the season, at times, Darwin Cook looked like the best running back in the league last year when he was on the field. Mm. Like you say, that explosiveness, that home run hitting ability. Um, you know, excellent. But, you know, anybody's primary attribute is their availability. And if he's not on the field, he's not worth anything. And I, I really struggle to see how, in a position that isn't valued, rightly or wrongly, um, he's going to get anything out of this other than probably less reps. You know, the the, 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 get, the guy that's there backing him up in terms of Mattison showed in his, you know, limited opportunities last year that he's capable um, you know, so I think all he's going to end up probably doing is he's eating into his own workload and probably, you know, having more detriment than he ends up having good, unfortunately, for him. 
Yeah, absolutely. Let's set, let's set the scene a little bit. So, if you, you know, the, the the date to circle on in your calendars is the is the first day of mini camp. Uh, so, so the first day of camp, he has to report by. Um, he doesn't accrue a season, and due to obviously the changes in like the CBA, um, obviously it's, it's a little bit different now. So you can't hold out till week eight. You can't like Melvin Gordon did last season. You can't hold out for, you know, if you if you're not there at the start of camp. You don't accrue a season. So if he doesn't do that, like say he's on the, in the fourth year of his, of his of his rookie deal, so he becomes a restricted free agent, which means that you know, the Minnesota Vikings can just slap a tender on him, you know, like the the Browns did with Hunt. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be resolved one way or another, kind of when the the first day of camp is. Um, do we do we think Lee that he'll get get a deal from the Minnesota Vikings? They have twelve million, obviously, in, in cap space. Um, but again, it's, it's all about. Yeah, if you're looking at some of the cons for uh, Davin Cook, like, like like Sean said, he's you know he's only started 58% of the games that he's you know, in these first three seasons. You know, Alexander Madison has uh, has had comparable stats and if not some somewhat more efficient stats in in his uh, as a replacement or as his kind of backup. So, uh, and then obviously you've got the injury the injury history of like you know shoulders and, and knees. Um, it, it's it's not looking good uh, for Davin Cook, is it? No, not at all. I think um, we've kind of covered a few bases in, in what we've both said. And I, like Sean said, I just don't think this works. This tactic doesn't work. We've, we've got some high-profile examples of people who it's not worked for. And I'm not really sure why he's trying to toe that line again, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think he's got a lot of leverage with his health and the fact that his pal's outperforming him in some senses. Running back value isn't, is, is really low. And it's because you can literally get guys off the street to do pretty much what you need them to you know the the i think the the value that you get from having an what we call an elite running back from compared to what you get from having like a decent running back which you can get in the late in the draft or if you get lucky with an undrafted free agent the the difference is is negligible really you know unless you're literally like wanting to do what tennessee do which no one is doing anymore because that's not how the game's played you know and, and pounding the rock and you know playing off play action and to be honest with you, Minnesota do do that quite a lot. Oh, they did with Kevin Stefanski, which obviously the Browns might do um, this coming season. Um, it's, it's not the way the game's played. So you, you can literally just get guys off the street, which devalues your, your star. And I, I just don't see where this contract offer is going to come from. You know, Minnesota don't have a great deal of cap space. They're not going to want to chuck it at a running back, bear in mind, even if it's a great running back that he is when he's on the field. And they've got someone in who's doing the job already so I'm, not, I'm failing to see where this is going to come from to be honest with you so no I'm not I don't hold out a lot of hope for Dalvin Cook in getting his deal because he wants quite a lot of money as well doesn't he is it right that he wants about 16 million dollars a year is that the latest figure um, I think that? I think I saw something saying he'll gladly accept 13 but then I think we'd all gladly accept 13 okay. million dollars wouldn't we <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean but, even at that I mean I've, I've seen an overestimation but even at that I'm, I think he'll struggle because oh yeah absolutely like, he'll we, struggle to get like, double in the past where you know, Sean said um, Le'Veon Bell, he accepted a lower deal. Melvin Gordon wanted $10 million a year last year, oh, sorry, $12 million last year, got offered 10 by the Chargers. They couldn't meet. And now he's playing in Denver for six. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, Sean, if, if, so looking at it from um, Davin Cook's side of things, what, what, what kind of straws is he clutching at here? Is it the case of, obviously, they're a very run-heavy team. Uh, you know, is it a case of the, the team's kind of built around the running back and they're, they're quite intent on, on running the ball and ground and pound and then off doing a bit of play action off, off of that as well? I don't, yeah, is there any, any glimmers of light here if you're, if you're Davin Cook and, and his agent? 
But I think the, the difficult thing is, it's like I said, there's no disputing that when he's on the field, he probably makes them a better side. I think that the, the key is what Lee said there. It's can they still get a similar level of production for a much lower cost? And, and, and ultimately, that's where we'll probably keep looping back to in this argument. You know, you know, let's use the examples that I said earlier around the guys that have been paid. And there's then been that sort of regret, if you like, you know, Gurley has already left the Rams. You know, that was the one from two or three years ago. You know, and ever since he signed that contract, all of a sudden the tread on the tyres got a little bit more worn and his usage went down and lo and behold, he's now become expendable. And, you know, like I said, I do genuinely, genuinely feel for the running backs because, you know, it doesn't matter how good they are, they're all going to fall into the same category and the same bracket. And, you know, I don't know what can be done about it. You know, maybe running backs when they come in rather than being on a four-year deal, maybe they automatically come in with a longer contract or something like that. I don't know. I don't know how that would work. Um, you know, but when it comes to teams actually having to physically make the choice, if you've been happy with the four years of production that you've had from the guy, are you going to go back to where you had him from and say, well, we'll do the same again and we'll get another cheap guy in for the next four years and run him into the ground? Or are you going to go and say, well, do you know what? Thanks for everything you've done. We'll now pay you handsomely and effectively you know, put a noose around our own neck by tying up cap space in a position that we've already proved we don't need to spend a lot of money at. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I don't know where the end is for the guys. Like, so the only thing I can think of off the top of my head is, like I say, maybe a different contract length when they enter. Um, but ultimately, you know, that's probably going to come obviously then a lower yearly average might be guaranteed over a longer period of time, but ultimately they're still not going to get paid the kind of money that they think they deserve to get paid, are they? So I don't think there's any easy and obvious answers, unfortunately. They're also going to be older when they get that contract offer by that, but I, I, I don't want to pick holes in your suggestion. But No, no, absolutely not. You're right. I, 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 I <laughs> it's, it's, tough, it's a, it's a tough yeah, one. It's I didn't, really say tough it was one. A, didn't say it was a particularly good suggestion, <laughs> and that's what I say. It's, it is awkward, isn't it? Because I don't think there's anything that uh, any of us can probably suggest the instantly that, that sort of jumps out, is there? The thing that springs to my mind, and it's not going to benefit them in the short term at all, but because obviously the reason why the positions become devalued so much is because they get so much battering because they get hit 300 times a year like you say how many carries they get and because of that they get more injuries you you might have to put in a compensation once they're retired you know especially if they have to retire early more pension things like that it might have to come at the end of the career when they're a bit older it's not going to like say their career is going to be cut short because of it maybe um, because of what they have to do on the field and maybe have to compensate them afterwards it's not going to benefit them in the short term as I say but that's one thing that sprung to my mind um, when we kind of brainstormed this beforehand um, I don't know if that'd fly with the with the guys either that would play the position, but yeah, it's another suggestion, maybe a bad one as well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the, only, the only thing, other thing I can kind of think of is, is obviously you've got four year contracts for for guys that are drafted in five years for those that are in the first round. Maybe like do um, ha- have the ability, whether or not it's in later rounds, or make it. Um, yeah, position specific, which I, I doubt they would, because you want it to be you know consistent across all the player positions. But like do three years, because then the, at the end of the three years, that kind of gives you it gives you enough to know what you've got in the running back, and it still gives you enough to do then another two or three year deal, uh, which might again yeah, it might help the running backs. Uh, but obviously, it gives them a shorter leash on, the, on their on their first contract, uh, but then might give them access in that in that fourth year, right? You know, you know Davin Cook's making two two million, that's or something in this year, uh, in his final year. But you know, the fourth year after he's had a three year contract for running back, potentially you could get access to more money 
uh, initially, and you've got to say you've got less tread on the tires at that time. So the only thing I can think of is, is a three year a three year contract. But whether or not how you apply that is 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 going to be difficult because you know you want consistency and you want. Yeah, you don't want to apply to a three-year contract for everyone that's taken in round four and after or round five and after and that kind of stuff because, again, it's going to be – you can't make one rule for one mm. position, one rule for other, really. Um, but there's anything I can I could kind of think of because it kind of helps the money back a little bit there because they're, you know, they're getting a small amount of money in the first three years. But they're, you know, it's kind of a void in the fourth and the fifth year hump where they're, going, they're having to try and shout, shout from the rooftops to say, I want, I want more money. So uh, that was the only thing I could think of. Yeah, the obvious the obvious answer, just thinking about it, is they all just need to go and keep eating dinner with Frank Gore because he's obviously found the, <laughs> the, the formula, hasn't he? Stem cell, get some st- st- some Frank Gore stem cells. God, I wonder how much they would go in the open market. Uh, <laughs> um, it's also worth probably pointing out at this point that um, obviously with the COVID and the, the lack of revenue that teams are going to be getting this year as well, you, you have to kind of watch the cap space uh, as well for this year because you know, it's going to be suppressed. Uh, it's not going to probably uh, go up as up as uh, or as, as much as probably what we might have been thinking six months ago in terms of obviously you've got, you've got the new gambling deals, you've got the new TV deals all coming in as well. But in terms of the new CBA and how it all works now in terms of salary cap, it's going to be uh, potential that you know, the salary cap's, cap's not going to grow as much as maybe people think. So you know, if there are people like Dalvin Cook and you know, Joe Mix and Alvin Kamara and Z Kelly and all the rest of them that are wanting money, you, you kind of have to realise that the, the cap's not going to continue to go up. So you know, it's not going to, contracts aren't going to rise either so it's uh, obviously just something worth bearing in mind that you know, the, the money tree is not growing as fast as it's uh, as it was doing uh, a couple maybe that last year season before so um yeah not not all looking rosy in the uh, salary cap orchard um so so what do we think let's get let's get some opinions then on on, on davin cook do we think sean that he, he's going to hold out do you reckon he'll come back between the tail between his legs and like i said cause he's, he's got a much shorter deadline than say melvin gordon did and and, and lev bell did I think he will hold out because I think he's made his bed and he'll lie in it. I don't think he's going to like the end result, but I do think he will ultimately hold out. I think, like you said, that, that shortened deadline, he knew all of that when he obviously announced his intentions and you know he's obviously got less time to, to re-evaluate now. So I, I would be... Um, I would be surprised if he doesn't hold out. Um, but like I say, I, d- I don't see the Vikings budging. So I think he'll end up with a wasted 12 months, if I'm being honest. Mm. Lee, do you see a, a trade uh, for, for Davin Cook from maybe a team that does want to pay him? Or um, do, you, do you see the same? Uh, do you think the Vikings would be happy if he, if he sits out, just let him sit out and, and roll with uh, Alexander Madison and the uh, and Mike Boone? I think he'll report because I, I think with this shortened deadline, it takes away so much leverage from the players. I was mm-hmm. when I was reading into this before we came on, I was thinking I don't know how the running backs allowed this to kind of be put in because that was that was their leverage that, that they can hold out for a certain period of time. But if they've got to be there from day one, then what what leverage do they have to kind of hold over the teams? And, and you know, but yeah, if someone does want him, then the Vikings aren't going to get value for it. You know, in, if they're going to ship him away. So that doesn't incentivize them to, sh- to trade him. And then you've got to find someone with the cap space to do it. So I think he'll end up reporting and probably lowering his number. Mm-hmm. And because it's sitting out at 12 months um, doesn't really benefit him either because then his value is going to be even lower because no one's seen him for 12 months. Um, so, yeah, I, d- I, d- I just think he'll end up um, tail between his legs and going back when, mm-hmm. when he has to. Interesting, interesting split there, obviously 50-50. I, I, I think he'll report because I don't, I don't think he, uh, as I say, he's on a rocky contract. He can't afford to, you know, money, despite him being paid like two million between one, two million, obviously the first three years of his, of his contract, you know, it's not, it's, it's a lot of money to pass up and, you know, 
to in terms of what would happen next year if he did sit out obviously again he can he's he'll be a restricted free agent so they can just slap a tender on him and they, they can you know the Minnesota Vikings can control how much money they give him so and he's still you know mm. going to be in the same situation this time next year he's still going to um you know not get a lot of money and he's still potentially just on a one year a one year deal so um I, I understand why he's doing it I, I just think he'll, he'll have to report because otherwise if he misses this season, the give-on's going to be like, oh, okay, well, he's not. He's obviously in it for himself. He's not a team player, blah, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, to, interesting to see. It's probably nice as well, if you're a fan, especially if you're a fantasy football uh, player. And say shout-out to our... Uh, go and check out our fantasy football podcast from, from a couple of days ago where we, we talked about the fantasy implications. But, um, you know, for fantasy owners... It, it, with it not being like a Melvin Gordon situation last year where you're kind of having to wonder when he does come back, you will know by the time you're doing your redrafts and maybe even like say a couple of best balls and this time next month, you'll know, you know what the situation is. So again, not much too, too much of a ripple effect there because you know, let's face it, fans all love fantasy football and uh, fantasy football kind of dictates what players they like and don't like. So um, just ask Mike Boone. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so, so obviously uh, Lee, obviously you are a Chargers, a Chargers fan. Melvin Gordon did this, this last season. Just uh, give, give us a, a quick reminder on obviously how that, how that all played out for him. Well, it didn't play out well for anyone really did it. When we, we still had production from Austin Eckler, but we didn't have the depth in the backfield. Um, Austin's obviously got a particular skill set that's not similar to Melvin Gordon's when we want to kind of run down the clock and, and play that through the middle, kind of running through the tackles. Didn't really have someone to do that. And also didn't play very well for Melvin Gordon either because his value sky, um, not skyrocketed, it dipped uh, the complete opposite. <laughs> it just nosedived. Uh, getting my flying terms mixed up for some reason. It just nosedived. He didn't play very well. Cost us a couple of games with fumbles and things like that. Um, and now he's beginning to kind of take a shot at the fans as well with his uh, uh, quips about having no fans when he's talking to Denver media. Um, I think one thing that is kind of... I know it's happened to my team, and as we said, it, it might happen to both of your guys' teams in the near future. I think it's important to note that the running backs aren't doing anything wrong by doing this because they've got to obviously secure their... Um, generational wealth helps for their family, and and they do you know take a pounding as we've said. So it's not. not we, I don't think we would have come across. I don't think we are coming across. But just in case anyone does think this, we're not coming across as being anti-running backs. We're just saying mm. that this is the situation that they're in, and, and it's fair enough for them to to kind of want the money. And it, they they do deserve it because they they play a hard position and take a take a pounding as we've said. But I don't know if they need to. I don't. I don't know if I'm trying to make this. this bit controversial but maybe they need to lower their expectations a little bit if they do want to stay where they want to stay and not be out of the league in a in a short time I don't know if that sounds a bit controversial to say that but mm. they, they, all, they all G each other on don't they to get the base, best contract that they, they can and obviously that's better for them as a, as a group of, of people but um, it's not working for any of them so maybe being a bit more realistic about their, their value is, is going to be better in the medium term at least until things do settle down a little bit or you know they become a bit more valuable in some sense and Sean, just a, a, a further point, like kind of uh, a bit, looking a bit further forward, maybe projecting. Do we think that, say, five, ten years from now, we're going to see? And Lee, I'll come to you, this one to you as well, because obviously it affects college games. Do, do, we, do we think that we'll see a drying up of the river uh, in terms of people wanting to become running backs, people wanting to to take those hits for the the paltry salary? Um, 
yeah, in, in comparison to what some other positions get, um, yeah, do, do you think people will be put off or do you just still think that the, the pride and the kind of the glory of being able to touch the ball 300 times and getting into the end zone a lot is still enough of a carrot to dangle in front of, of people that say maybe are 10, 11, 12 years old now? Because they'll be watching all of this, well, some of the you know, budding prospects that want to be running backs and you know, people that love ball in their hands it's going to be a bit of a, an interesting decision that they have to make because once you become a running back, you can't, you know, you, you're a running back. It's quite hard to transition to, to, to something else. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think there's a risk to it, but I think it's probably quite a low risk for the reasons that you just said there. You know, you're still going to be one of the guys that, that gets celebrated, scores a lot of touchdowns. You know, some of the, the sort of most recognisable names to have ever played the game, obviously played in the running back position. So I still think they'll they'll always be plenty there. And, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of college teams do a lot more running um, you know, than, than possibly that there is in the NFL also. So, you know, in terms of opportunities at college level, I still think there'll be, you know, plenty of people coming through in that regard. Um, I mean, just to touch on Lee's point earlier about the guys lowering their expectations, it, it's almost that, you know, it's probably the other positions need to be revalued in more in line with where their actual value is because, you know, you see some of the contracts handed out to, Let's be honest, some sort of mediocre players, you know, second and third wide receivers on teams mm. are ending up with millions and millions of dollars. And, you know, similar to what we've just said there, that you could probably find a cheaper running back to do a similar job. It's exactly the same at other positions, but for whatever reason, you know, teams are just more comfortable paying it out to those positions. But it is absolutely crazy when you think about some of the money that some of these guys are earning. Um, you know, look at Mohamed Sanu as an example. He's earned an absolute fortune in his career. Mm. He's been nothing more than a you know a, a decent second or third wide receiver. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, he's had a, a decent enough career and he's he's a decent enough NFL footballer. There's no doubt about that. But he keeps getting paid or keeps getting traded for. And you think, mm. well, why are we valuing Mohamed Sanu and we're not valuing Dalvin Cook or Nick Chubb or whoever's next off the production line? Um, you know. And that's the thing. It's probably almost it needs to be reverse engineered to correct itself, and that's obviously going to take an awful long time if it's ever going to happen at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Lee, see, Davin Cook come in, in into a, from a draft class that involved you know Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt. I mean, what a what a running back class that was. I mean, we haven't even got to some of the other names, but. Do we think that you know, going forward that we'll see draft classes for running backs as good as that? Obviously, we had a good one this year in, in 2020 with Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins and, and, all, and all the rest of those guys. Do you, do you think that the, the, the range or the depth of, of running backs might, may dry up in, in future years coming into drafts? I think what we might see is a bit of a wider variety of types of running back. Um, obviously, if we go back again to the 90s and maybe even further back than that, You've got these up the up the A gap between the tackles, kind of pound uh, pound the rock running backs uh, who are rocked up, um, really muscly guys who uh, can take this pounding like you say three four hundred touches a year, uh, just just pounding it straight through the middle. What we're going to see now, I think, is a bit more of these hybrid players, and we're getting that all over the field, um, offense and defense. We're getting a lot more hybrid players. Few of them come out each year. Uh, people like Lim Bowden, who went to the Raiders, uh, you know, running back wide receiver hybrids. We're not going to see running backs go off the map because it's a prestigious position, as we said before. You know, people want that glory, and a lot of the time, your body type kind of, kind of not shoehorns you into that, but kind of pushes you in that direction. You know, if you if you're not tall enough to be a wide receiver or you're not 
um, you know, a certain different type of body to play a different position, then you might get shoehorned into running backs. That might suit your skill set. But what we might see is these receiving backs, these hybrid backs, the Austin Eckles, Christian McCaffrey's, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and kind of light versions of them. And then other people with other skill sets that, like Lynn Bowden, who played a bit of quarterback as well, these kind of gadget players that become more prominent as the college and the NFL's kind of schemes become a bit similar and become very, very creative. And we've seen that with Andy Reid and other um, other coaches of recent times becoming really creative. We've had the used players and, and these hybrid players allow them to do that, allow them that flexibility. So what we might see is, like I say, a bit more variety in, in what we see, these, these different types of bodies and these different types of players, not just these... Uh, you know, rocked up guys who, who kind of go through the A gap, although there will be, always be a sort of place for them as well. Mm. And of of the, the those running backs, do we do we think that uh, Joe Mixon or, or Alvin Kamara or any other guys? Uh, obviously, Leonard Fournette's a bit different because they've said that they're not going to pick up his fifth year, and he's obviously in the final year. So, mm. chances are he'll be looking for for a team next year anyway. But do we do we think any of the the other two will uh, will hold up Mixon and, and Kamara? I mean, as we've said, the the trend is that they they will. Um, With these two guys, these are quite versatile guys, especially Alvin Kamara, almost 50-50 in his usage a lot of the time. So maybe he could go down the the left bell route of of being one to pay like a wide receiver as well because he's so potent in that running game. Um, But I I don't know. I mean, it depends on the player. It's a player-by-player base, isn't it? It depends where they've come from. You know, Joe Mixon was a high pick. He was supposed to go higher than he was if he didn't have a bit of a checkered past in college. Alvin Kamara was a third round pick. Um, I'll go back to the charge off. Snecker was obviously an undrafted free agent. He was probably maybe happy to get the offer that he did. And, and, and it's a fair offer that the Chargers gave him what he signed. But whether these guys have got higher expectations than that, it's going to be a case-by-case basis. It's, but Dalvin Cook obviously sees himself as probably one of the most talented, if not the most talented from college of that very talented group that you've just named from that running back class. And he probably wants to pay accordingly because obviously Christian McCaffrey... Um, Obviously, has he been paid now? I can't remember. It's been so long since I kind of watched football. He did. Uh, Sean's nodding away on Zoom. Obviously, he's got a big contract now. Um, <laughs> so he wants to be paid in, in line with that. <laughs> I can't remember. It's been so long. I do remember that in the back of my mind that like Christian McCaffrey's contract was talked about not so not long ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think I think for me, Kamara's got to produce actually on the field this year, hasn't he? Mm. If he wants any leverage, he had a bit of a down year last year, so that, you know I think he'll be dictated by his performance. If he if he's got intentions of doing it, he needs to actually build up some leverage this year, doesn't he? After a down down year last year. Absolutely. Yeah, he had, he had a lot of niggles, though, I think, going into last year. So a lot of things that uh, kind of he tried to keep swept under the carpet, but obviously affected his on-field performance. But yeah, Davin Cook, just to give you a, an idea of the, his stats last year, he only played in 14 games, obviously missed the last two games, uh, but still managed to what, 250 attempts on the ground, over 1,100 yards uh, and 13 touchdowns, and then added uh, 53 receptions for 519 yards. So, well, nearly, you know, if he plays, plays 16 games there, he's not, he's not coming on the door potentially of, you know, 1,800, 1,900 yards. So, um, yeah. It's fair to say that he's he's up there in terms of you know, we've said it all podcast that he's up there in terms of talent. He's up there in terms of production when he is on the field. But like I say, um, the Minnesota Vikings, the first thing they'll be pointing towards is the fifty eight percent games have started whilst he's been in the NFL for the first first few years of that uh, that four year rookie contract. But it remains to be seen what obviously happens with uh, with Davin Cook and the other guys, obviously from the twenty seventeen draft class. That kind of brings you a bit more up to speed uh, in terms of uh, a bit of news. It says the uh, the river, river uh, is running a bit dry in terms of NFL news at the moment, so I thought it'd be just good to, to talk about a bit of uh, Dalvin Cook. But boys, um, pr- thank you for your uh, few for joining me on this. Uh, what are we? Lunchtime, Friday lunchtime, Friday lunchtime. Um, it's a bit bit weird. Uh, Shh, podcasting. It's supposed to be at work. 
<laughs> no, I'm on. I'm on holiday. Uh, it's, it must be. It's a bit weird podcasting uh, during the day than nine o'clock in the evening. <laughs> Pleasant change, though, mate. Pleasant change. Yeah, absolutely. Prefer it in the day, to be honest with you. I've yeah. Got, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it is, yeah, if you're not working, um, yeah, I've got another couple of things, uh, a couple of podcasts to record later today as well. So uh, fun, fun times ahead. But you can get all of our shenanigans on Twitter at Full Ten Yards. Go and give us a Twitter, uh, Twitter follow. Uh, get interact with us, engage with us. Um, you know, we're always welcome to have a conversation. Whether you've got a Davin Cook take or whether you're not, you've got a Joe Mixon or Alvin Kamara take. Maybe you've got a running back take. Maybe we'll we'll put a post out. Actually, we'll, we'll see how how can how do you think the running back uh, the running back conundrum can be solved. Because uh, it's quite an interesting one, and um, they say there might be something outside the box that might work. But so, uh, yeah, be interested to, to get your thoughts. If you want to contact us directly on Twitter, you can get Lee at Wakefield ninety. You can get Sean at Sean underscore F ten Y, and myself is at Tim underscore Monk F ten Y. So they are our personal handles. Again, don't forget to check out our fantasy football podcast related solely around uh, Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison as well. That was out a couple of days ago. Go and check that in the feed. But uh, yeah, really appreciate you boys coming on. Really, really appreciate all you listeners out there listening to us and following us. And listening to me ramble uh, and making a right pig zero of today's podcast <laughs> but uh, we, will, we will no doubt but no doubt be uh, back soon uh, in between your ears so um, yeah just before we do go a bit of an F10Y plug um, loads of articles going up on site um, we've had a Kansas City draft class expectations uh, from Liam let me just get all the other stuff up you've got the uh, Dak Prescott saga so again another person another, another player that's kind of in the midst of a, of a contract uh, hold out or stand off if you like that's up on site as well and uh, coming and we've also got uh, British players flying the flag that's a great article there from Sean and again anyone um, from a fantasy perspective the AFC East dynasty spotlight so we've got one player from each team on there and we've got comeback player of the year candidates we've got quarterback rankings uh, and fantasy nightmares part two uh, written by yours truly is uh, probably not too far away from the by the time you listen to this so we are going to get out of here um, yeah thank you all so much for listening thank you for joining us uh, so in the meantime it is goodbye from Sean cheers mate catch you soon and it's goodbye from Lee yeah see you next time in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's a bye-bye for now. A bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards. Or email the show, full10yards at gmail.com.